Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Adam Strawn. Hello. What Culture means, Adam Strawn. Oh, cheeky. I know. And also the industry veteran, Stevie Ward. Hello. Hopping in from a busy life of game industry things. Oh, yeah. Lots of secrets and shenanigans. Meetings and all sorts of different things. We're going to gather everyone together to talk about Baldur's Gate 3, something that we just keep talking about in the office anyway, because it's a very early game of the year contender. Seems to be the thing that is going to be sweeping all the awards um, going forward. And all three of us keep talking about Baldur's so much in the office that I was like, I might as well just flick a switch and record this stuff. So the overall um, angle is just the idea of it being Game of the Year 2023. Do you agree with Adam Strawn? Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. Good night. You know, um, it 100% <laughs> door is. slam in the background. <laughs> yeah. um, this for me is, I mean, I feel like so many times this game was made for me, selfishly. Mm. It's like, it does everything that I love in gaming and still manages to surprise me every single time. The level of detail in this game is un. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And one of the main takes that we always have from our conversations when we're chatting is how different each of our playthroughs are. Yeah. Whereas there's so many times you can talk about a game and say, oh, have you gotten up to this bit yet? And you're sharing the similar experience because it plays exactly the same. Whereas Stevie, Scott and I have talked about this and it's just brilliant how yeah. like we say, have you done, did you do this? I didn't do that. What about this? Oh my God, is that what happened for you? That for me, the conversation about a game afterwards is so special as the game itself yeah. because that really does show the effect of the game and how big or how small it can be. Because we have compared, and I guess Stevie's thoughts quickly on Game of the Year stuff, but me and you, Adam Strawn, have compared, I've showed you as well, Stevie, my map of Act 2. Yes. What I thought was just a dark little dungeon that I had to get through. And no, that was an entire open world map, apparently, <laughs> um, which we'll get back to because we're going to talk about characters, combat, storytelling, etc. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's one of those games that's worth picking apart. We're not going to do big um, story spoilers. We're not going to talk about Act 3 stuff. Um, we might talk about specific quest things, but we'll flag them um, overall because I feel like because Baldur's Gate's reputation was known as this big PC game for quite mm -hmm. a while, when it came across to consoles, um, it's sort of just, it's just kind of there. Like it didn't really get to have its day in the sun. Spider-Man very much is, Super Mario Wonder very much is. Even Alan Wake 2 is getting talked about quite a lot as well. Yes. Um, and Baldur's is just that game that if you do get lost in, it is endlessly rewarding. It is unbelievably complex. Um, and it's worth just kind of picking that apart because just from my point of view, at least my point of view, I do think it's going to sweep everything. Like it's it's one of those things where you can't really find a flaw. Um, and so like in regards to it being Game of the Year contender, Stevie, are you on that train as well? I am on that train. Nice and train. I'd Ooh. also like to point out that it is also an indie um, because mm. I think people forget that it's not 
a big bad corp like they are an mm-hmm. indie studio mm-hmm. they are big and the game is big and the game is beautiful but actually when it is being considered for awards and award seasons um as a, as a jury member on past ones mm-hmm. uh, it should be considered also just the feat of it being that good mm-hmm. as a game that has come from an independent studio yeah. we should talk um, about that a little bit because it, it is like a very unique game like it was i forget the name of the dude who runs larry and the developers but i'm sure over time because it was original version of this game that was reviewed a few years ago by ign that got like seven out of ten yeah and then mm-hmm. it's kind of been in like an early access version or whatever you want to call it for the last few years and then larian's own head of that company put his own personal money into it to get over over the finish line yeah. which has given us the, us the version that we have now where it is this game that's been in development for a long time eight years i think in total mm-hmm. um it's a good long time um, but like you said, it is fundamentally an independent production, but it's easy to think of it as a big AAA thing because it looks unbelievable um, because it has so much detail. But like any, I guess, general thoughts on that, the way well, it came together? I actually played the early access version oh. as well. So I've had it for like a couple of years downloaded and mm-hmm. it was it was rough, man. It was like, it was <laughs> roughy the video game slayer, but like it nice. was it was very, yeah, like characters like just didn't move properly. Like some of these characters would disappear off screen. So like, it was very much kind of like, we are still building this game. This is what we want to make. But for now, you can have an experience and just see what we're playing around with. Mm-hmm. But for me, it reminds me so much of like, Larian is almost like the story of this is what Bioware could have been right. before yeah. like, the bio, you know, like, and you can, Bioware for me were like my favorite company for so long, right? Like we, we will we'll compare it to things like, you know, Mass Effect and like even going back, like Neverwinter Nights is still one of my favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. That's Bioware and even the two expansion packs as well. I adore those games so much and it makes sense why i love Baldur's gate 3 mm-hmm. because of that because it's doing everything that bioware did in those games mm-hmm. and obviously neverwinter and everything belongs within you know Baldur's gate as well mm-hmm. but yeah this is kind of the story of where like you can feel everything now with like the corporateness of like all the fingers being kind of stuck into bioware and like being a lot more controlled whereas as stevie said earlier like the independentness of larian means that they look we want to make a great game mm-hmm. we want to put so much detail and we want to give game is a game that they're going to absolutely love and that we love as well yeah. and that really comes across with this mm-hmm. it's one of those things where like um you mentioned mass effect we mentioned bioware like that era of rpgs is oh. no one does that anymore no. like i mean these are the only people that are doing something similar where you're going through it and it bothers get through reminds me of mass effect in regards to yeah. character paths and the, the ways that um quests play out and the rewards and the scenes that you get to see in the story and everything and it makes me want to restart and go like i'm going to do like an evil yes. one just to see what happens and see what changes um but yeah i remember when the mass effect legendary edition came out thinking like man this is a bygone era mm-hmm. um and it's obviously specifically for bioware but it's one of those things that's worth highlighting where if you miss that era of rpg or you miss that level of detail and player agency um it's all kind of here like yeah. it's it feels like a it's not from a bygone era it feels like a modernization of it yeah um but yeah stevie what's your what's your thoughts or what do you know about the the history of the production i i think that the there's been different ways of trying to do this and they haven't worked as well mm. as this. If you look at things like Knights of the Old Republic, um, where you know it had like more voice actors used for every different narrative strain than any other game ever. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm generalizing, I'm, I'm not sure what the actual <laughs> right. data was, but people have tried to add this depth to games before and so especially from Bioware, they have looked at doing stuff like this, but I, I don't think necessarily more narrative, more more voiceover, more options was is the way to go to create that depth. I think what they've done here 
is add it and make it part of the gameplay and make it meaningful. And I think that that's why this has done so well versus most of the stuff from that era, which was mm. basically the more different dialogue options you've got to pick. That means it's a better game. And mm. that's not necessarily true. I remember thinking with, um, as a comparison, like when Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, um, obviously Rockstar, big AAA dev, whatever, but like that game felt like it had an indie soul. Like it was mm. in development mm. for so long, but the amount of detail that was in it and the amount of interactable elements and just the general feel of that game. Like, it, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's a testament to how kind of um, small, like how um, specifically focused it was that hardly anybody got through it. Like the game is notoriously unfinished. It's like 20% of all <laughs> people got through it, at least on PlayStation. Um, but it's one of those things where like, you know, like you're saying, it's the it's the implementation of the storytelling, the script mm-hmm. and the characters, etc. cetera. Um, but it does, Baldur's Gate 3 feels like another one of those anomalies. Like I remember after Red Dead 2 thinking like, we're never going to get another one of these. And it's really, <laughs> that's only really been uh, held true because like Naughty Dog are doing things that are on this level of, um, you know, acting and presentation and things. But they're very, very rare. And then the size of a Rockstar game is so huge. And even within Rockstar, most of those team members have left now. Like the only one who's left from the original group or whatever is like Sam Hauser, like Dan Hauser's left, Leslie Benzies, Mm. um, Laszlo Jones, like they've all gone. And so something like Baldur's needs to be kind of held up as like a, an incredible game, but also I don't know if they can ever do this again. And I think one of the great things as well is like, to compare, obviously, with Rockstar, there's that Sven is the main uh, Larian dude. Mm-hmm. Who, um, do you remember that um, <laughs> the presentation he did when he was on stage and there was like an audience and he was like, look, this is what we've got so far. We're going to show you a fight here. You shout out and tell me what you want me to do. Obviously, right. I would interact. <laughs> and that was brilliant because uh-huh. you, you don't like... I remember like um, there's, there's other gaming studios who have done this, like Ninja Theory did it when they were making Hellblade and kind of opened the doors and showed people this is the development of how we're making this game. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And whereas you get other companies, you know, like Rockstar wasn't kind of doing that with like, you know, they kind of disappeared for a while and then Red Dead 2 came out. Mm-hmm. And don't, be, don't be wrong, it's an amazing game. Mm-hmm. But I love that Larry and still take that approach of whether like we're making this game, we think it's awesome, but what do you think? Like tell us like, you know, let's interact with each other and let's just have a mess around. And it's almost that sensibility of like, let's put a board game on the table and let's mm-hmm. all play together and I love that openness of Larry and that's one of the top things for me mm-hmm. they have to have so much money to be able to do that though right oh like, yeah yeah no I think you just need to have a really good community team to do mm. that um I think being able to get players in and say what makes this fun mm. and play test things and give the time to play test things mm-hmm. I think any game studio that has a, a team that is open to that can do that okay. and that is a, a conversation that gets had when it comes to this kind of interaction where you know when communities managers come into games and they're like oh, yeah we want you to talk to our community we want you to find out what they want but that you actually, they actually don't they know what kind of game they want to make already mm. and you have to mm-hmm. sit down and go look if we start opening up um feedback threads if we start opening up alpha feedback if we start getting like very very invested players in to actually give feedback are you going to take what they say on board mm. and how much are the devs willing to actually interact directly with those players to say what did you find fun about this this mm-hmm. mechanic what did you find fun about this fight what was sticky to you about this situation and that's something that I think Larian has completely knocked out of the park yeah. like you just said and that's not necessarily just like a PR stunt that they did it's not necessarily just sort of paying lip service hey guys tell us what you think you <laughs> yeah. know it's not it's not like you know hey sound off in the comments if you actually don't care in the comments mm-hmm. or, or what the comments are or you don't read the comments mm-hmm. it's it's actually creating that feedback loop in alpha and pre-alpha for iterative feedback from invested players and what we call super users or super invested community members that have played the past games and know what they want to see from the next one Mm -hmm. and to jump on the back of that as well like when you talk about you know 
just to bring up Ninja Theory again slightly, like obviously before they were bought out by Microsoft, they were independent, right? Yes. So they did this all with Hellblade and they made a point of saying, look, we're trying to make a AAA game without the AAA budget. Yes. That's why we want to like kind of talk to so much of our fans, show you what we're doing. And like they had a game developed so far and then they scratched back and went, nope, this isn't working. We've, we've spoke to you. Let's go back and start things again. Exactly. Because they wanted to make the game that fans would love. Right. Whereas, and Larian have exactly done this as well, where they're like, they've taken this really precious franchise mm-hmm. that people obviously have so much heart and soul in that they pe- they know that people love mm-hmm. and they want to get it right. And the way that you do that is you speak to the people that are going to buy the game and make sure that you're making something oh, this is an interesting thing. Enjoying. Yeah. See, I, I'm I like the fan feedback, but I like I think of games down the art lens. Like I don't mm-hmm. want the the fans of the community, the audience, telling an artist what to draw. Mm-hmm. So like map that across to gaming, and I like fan feedback has its role, but I definitely want the creators, the auteurs, the authors to have the the I, say. Yeah, and I mean. Yes, I as a wider thing, anyway. Yeah, of course. Don't tell them what to draw, but I think in terms of like the gameplay and the style and what you're coming mm-hmm. to expect from this game and how you think you're going to enjoy it and how they can bring elements of that and incorporate it into their style, mm-hmm. I think is such an interesting approach without being dictated at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also like worth saying that like the Baldur's Gate does feel very authored. Like yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel like something that was focus tested to death. Like it does feel like they had a specific mission statement, a specific directive, mm-hmm. even if it did change over time or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that's the thing. Like Stevie, do you think that this is an anomaly? Do you think we'll get more productions like this? The way that it's talked about is that it's this one-off thing. Mm. I think even some of the tweets from the devs have said, we can't do this again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no DLC. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, how lovely to, to have that. And, I, you know, people are, I, I'm, I, you know it's going to happen because people are going to be like, this is kind of like Baldur's Gate meets, uh, you know, Fortnite or whatever the right. next bloody mm. thing is going to be where they're going to try and duplicate it. That sounds fun. But, I, 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 you know, maybe they can. Maybe they can do something that feels feels like this and or mm. or even look at DLC or look at ways to keep this going. Mm. There's ways of making that happen, but capturing the magic of something that just hits at the right point at the right time Maybe it's just meant to be like this. Mm, yeah. yeah, like on a production scale thing, like I mentioned Rockstar because I just, I don't see them ever doing, like they've got GTA 6 in the pipeline, but yeah. like it's it's so fundamentally a different uh, staff layout or whatever, or the, the people who are like the lead writers and things that I, I'd be amazed if they can do something of the caliber of Red Dead 2 again. Um, but that's just like my comparison point for what Baldur's Gate 3 feels like. It feels yeah. like this incredible feat of gaming. Um, or like the amount of different people that contributed to it. Um, let's talk about combat stuff um, mm-hmm. because it is a turn-based game. You can kind of toggle that on the menu. You can go in and out of stuff. Um, what's been either of your approaches to combat? I love turn-based stuff. I love XCOM. I love like um, Final Fantasy and turn-based combat in general. So <laughs> I like having everything be as take as long as I possibly can and map three or four moves in advance or whatever. Um, there's maybe not that much to delve into, but it's worth just flagging that the combat system is massively multifaceted and it depends on which spells and moves you unlock, etc. As to your options in the field, but um, Thoughts, Stevie? I just want to be Elsa from Frozen, man. <laughs> I just want to put my ice spells out there. I want to get everybody covered in water and I want to electrocute everything. I've actually... <laughs> I don't want you to fall over when you get ice, though. Yeah, yeah. No, Oh, my God. Look, if, if you build your boots into that, like, you can... And you can make your party... Okay, so, okay... Are we are we talking about mods or not? You just talk whatever you want. Okay, you like, are, I should say you got both of you are on PC. I'm on PS5. Okay, yeah. I'm on PC. Yeah. So I download I download bits. I do mod the game. Um, I've downloaded this amazing uh, sort of Aerithurge like lightning adept kit. So like all of my stuff is like super pro, like the headdress of lightning, awesome, and the gloves <laughs> of lightning, and so I'm I'm basically just going around like yes, right, um, which is super fun, and I, I really enjoyed it. And that's actually how I played Divinity too. I did Aerithurge, so mm. mixing like thunder powers with like ice and, and water and stuff like that, and I just find that super fun. 
because of the AOE stuff, but also because uh, in Divinity it was very healing. But with this, because you've got sh- well, I've got Shadow Heart in my party, mm-hmm. it means I can just have fun. And if my, my if my buddies get kind of a little high in the process, it ain't that big a deal. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I'm I'm playing at the moment. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's super fun. I, you know, obviously mods can alter how games are meant to be played, and mm-hmm. but they also exist. And the fact that Baldur's Gate allows for mods means they don't mind that if you do that, you mm-hmm. can do that. And so I I, I, I did that when I got to act two act three i tried i was trying to do um kind of different range of stuff but i wasn't enjoying it as much as just mm. my, my normal my normal bring the bring the rain <laughs> um, one thing i want to throw in uh, with the combat stuff is that you have the ability to bring up any of your interactivity yep. wheels at any time i know it's different control schemes on pc but on ps5 it's a whole bunch of <laughs> radial <laughs> wheels um but that lets you um you know attack anything you can like barge your way through a door if you just want to mm. go into an attack phase um, and attack a door or attack a creature <laughs> oh or, yeah, or, <laughs> yeah oh, no. Oh, no, oh, yeah. <laughs> or whatever so like I, yeah, it's just worth mentioning that because once you I remember having that realisation near the start of the game of like oh I can combo anything with anything mm-hmm. um, and I can put a fire out with some water or some ice or yeah. I can use the talk to animals spell to just talk to this squirrel and see what's going on <laughs> yeah. and it's like once you kind of have that extra layer of interactivity um, which is another sort of general talking point but I'm just factoring that in that like you can um, you know bring those things up whenever you want I think that's an extra layer of how you talk to the game that like no one else is doing this like, is um, yeah. it's this itself the combat it's its own mini game like mm. within the actual game and it's layers upon layers upon layers so it's like it's built where you basically ask yourself can I do this and it mm. gives you the playground to try things and mm-hmm. you're like oh my god I did that like little things like you know can I shove this character off here oh I did and now they're gone brilliant <laughs> but I love as well like you know very much that Mass Effect thing again where if you find something incredibly challenging like this fight and kind of as Stevie said like let's try these different spells and mix them together and see what happens mm-hmm. but even before that you know you can talk your way out of combat you know yeah. and then, like, yeah, you can avoid yeah. that straight away which is fantastic mm-hmm. yeah. or if you do get into the fight and you try and say you get you know your absolute butt kicked then you can change your companions and be like, like let's try this again and like where do i place them mm-hmm. um you know what do i put down can i throw a box at somebody will that change things and then <laughs> i've done i've done a battle quite recently on the game where i had two of like so i had Karlak and lizelle and I was like, right, let me push them to the front. I'll stay back playing as a warlock. And then I had Shadowheart as well. And we dominated. But before mm. that, I had more, mostly magic users. And we got, right. like, again, we just got out you know, our butts kicked. Mm-hmm. And I love that way. Again, you can try different things. The camera pauses, the everything pauses. You can look around the map. Everybody waits for you very politely. <laughs> Enemies are standing there waiting. Uh-huh. But that's the important thing where it's so tactical and you can always ask yourself, I'm going to try <laughs> this one thing. Let's see if this works. If it doesn't, let's try something else. And the game allows you to do that yeah, in combat al- alone. It allows you to cheese though as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I, I do it. I do it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I do sit there with my phone open going, you know what? I've had enough of thinking for one day how do I choose this bit and I definitely have like the grove definitely um are we, are we, allowed to, we can talk about the grove can't we yeah yeah yeah, Let's go yeah. The grove. definitely went around collecting um big sort of barrels of stuff to mm-hmm. get down there and to create a big explosion and stuff like that. Yeah. I played that bit like so much I think I'd gotten to that area like way before I was meant to and I just mm-hmm. wasn't I wasn't able right. to get that fight sorted and I kept mm-hmm. redoing and redoing I was like you know what <laughs> let it burn I said I want to share one of my favorite things was uh and the grove stuff you just mentioned like um is act one stuff and there's another thing yeah. in Act one where you go to a goblin camp and there's a few different like yes. story things that thread through that camp but the way i cleared that place out after i started the combat and i was like find a bunch of dudes cleared out some of the rooms they have a pit full of spiders like big yes. fighting spiders um underneath the goblin camp and i remember 
uh, bringing my dude Will, who can talk to animals, and like um, doing the thing with him where we talked to the spiders and made a deal with the spiders that if we yeah. let them out, then they would help. And so I um, went back outside the, um, went like around the corner or whatever, and then used Gale, the magic dude, to do the floating hand thing. I sent the floating hand in to open mm-hmm. the um, the door, like behind some of the guards. Spiders came out, cleared the whole place, and me and the spiders cleared the entire place That's ourselves, awesome. yeah. which felt great. And I kept checking in with them with the talk to animals thing, and yeah. they were just like, "We will protect you." Yeah, and, um, oh, that stuff. Now. Yeah, with so little cool. spider buddies, and um, so it's that thing where, like, I just in the moment, I was like, I wonder if I, exactly what you said. I wonder if I can do that, and mm-hmm. you can, um, and that was great. And I um, cleared that whole thing out. The boss and rescued Halson. Well, Halson rescued himself, but it was all trying to rescue Halson <laughs> yeah. um, in that area. But it was all specifically just on the fly stuff. And again, yeah. no other game would do that. It's moments like that that I think are just worth highlighting as why it'll be game of the year. It is Absolutely. the most game. Like it's like one of those things where <laughs> certain games win game of the year, but their strengths are more in cinematics so or maybe yeah. more in general. Yeah art style of presentation. Boulders is a is a game ass game. Mm-hmm. And it's it, if it wins it'll be for being a video game. 100%. And it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in regards to um, combat stuff, like um, alongside that, and we can go back and forward on just whatever comes yeah. to mind. Um, but party makeup, we were going to talk about. We get different <laughs> favorite characters. Stevie, who are you taking with you? I okay. So I am of the opinion that if I'm going to spend a lot of my <laughs> life with these people, and then looking at my my hours spent, mm. I have I've spent more than a day, a whole day with with these people. I just want right. them to be people that I'd be all right getting stuck in a lift with. So I mean, Fair. I've got Carlac. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think everyone's got so oh, yeah. come yeah. on! If you don't like, why queen, do you hate fun? Queen, queen, queen. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Just legend, chill, awesome. Really, 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 really good Would in combat. Give a brief descriptor for each one. Karlak is a, a sort of demon woman from hell who has like a engine in her heart that was put there by someone else, and mm. she's kind of like a big barbarian woman. Yeah, that's but kind she's, of. But it. she's chill. Yeah, like, yeah. She, kind of cool. She's chill. They don't like make her really angry. Like, there's so many ways that you could have like very stereotypically written mm. that character. She does get aggy AF every now and then. Yeah, though. but she's also just a, a really not good mate, and mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And I've got Will with me, and I'm dating cool. Will. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Will. I, I think love he's taken. You. But Pardon? <gasps> what? No, in my game, Will gets around. Or when you get to me, you'll find that he's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely. I've got Will as well. Um, wonderful. I'm really. I normally I shy away from sort of melee fighter type stuff. Oh, but okay. Because yeah, because like as I said with Divinity, you know, I'm playing Aerith Urge. I like being far mm-hmm. away and just shooting stuff down and that's been fun but actually I think I've learned a lot from having Will mm-hmm. and actually not being afraid to get up close to fights and not being afraid to say you know what I'm just gonna I'm gonna bonk you with my sword yes I'm just gonna <laughs> well, do that should. yeah and I'm, I'm getting yeah. used to that gameplay but I don't normally do that and mm-hmm. so that's been really 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 fun I've got Shadowheart um, because I need a healer. That's I need a healer. Just got, yeah, I'm like, I get end up being stuck with Shadowheart because no one else has any good healing stuff. Like mm. Gale has a fake life where he can pretend someone has seven more health points. Mm. Yeah. Um, and there's like, there's a frozen spell that gives you like frost armor. But mm. no one's anywhere near as effective as Shadowheart, especially when it comes to group healing. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah. worth remembering you can respect characters as mm-hmm. well. So mm. you, if, if Shadowheart's got, I don't like her dialogue. I wasn't really, <laughs> honestly, I don't. I don't. I'm not a massive fan of the story. Like when people are like, oh, I've got so much going on and I just, I need to sort out my, my, my religion. And I, I'm, I'm a bit like, can we just go? Where's know, the ice spells? Yeah, yeah, like pretty much. So for me, like <laughs> I would have, I think I would have rather, and if I do play it again, 
Um, I think I'd rather just like respect someone else. Like, right. oh, you mm. just make some, make a good healer from from scratch, or make Helsin a healer. You can mm. do that. So, why not? Like, I, if you're not enjoying the the narrative or the character of a certain character, or they don't fit into the kind of like playthrough mm. you're you're sort of doing. Mm -hmm. In my head, we're like the Gathering Storm. It's like Earth, Air, Fire, Water. <laughs> you know, like, like yeah, and that's cool. Like, I, yeah, we are, and I've dyed all our clothes to look like that as well. So well, I know it's amazing. So the yeah, it, you know, everyone plays this stuff differently, and I think if you've got a certain idea in your head about mm. how you want your adventuring party to be and that's the same for D&D &D. a lot of the time if you start playing D you're like shall we all be the elements oh yeah that sounds cool <laughs> you know that's what you do and that's how I like my gameplay to mm -hmm. be I like to be invested and I like us to all be on brand right um, so you can you can do that obviously like it, I'm sure like Shadowheart's got lots of interesting stuff going on but that's the beauty of the game you can choose who you want to have and yeah yeah Strom what's your makeup so I think it's best to highlight as well that all three of us are playing as our own custom characters which yes. definitely has a big impact because for me I play as a warlock so Will absolutely has my heart. He is my husband. He is my bear. But I tend not to take him with me very often because you I want am, him to get hurt. Well, that obviously oh. I couldn't see my baby die. But like I am also a warlock, so like our powers are virtually the same. Although I do love Will's storyline. Yes. So whenever I go back to the camp, I always check in with Will, obviously. Mm -hmm. But my main kind of people are obviously Shadowheart because of her abilities. But I will defend Shadowheart a little bit because <laughs> I think Shadowheart's storyline for me is very interesting. Um, you know, you can talk about like. A lot of it, kind of, without getting too kind of geopolitical as well, but you can kind of lean a lot into like reading about like religious context with that character as well and how mm -hmm. we respond to that. And I think that's a really interesting, if you want to dive really into that, I think that's a really interesting approach to that and how when your faith can fail you, how that affects mm. you. And I think that's mm -hmm. really interesting the way that that's explored with Shadowheart. Mm -hmm. um, it's a crossover with Lizelle as well. Like absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Certain very ways to that. be kind of thing. Yeah. Very much that. Um, and I really like that the game kind of just dares to explore that within this fantasy world, but it's mm. fantastic. But yeah, so I have Shadowheart, obviously, you know, all of her abilities, her buffing abilities are incredible, that healer man. And like later on, she gets some pretty cool abilities, which I won't kind of spoil. And her look changes as well later on, which I love. Karlak as well, because I mean, yeah. come on. Come on. And I love that <laughs> what you said, Stevie, actually, is that she isn't this big, like, grr, because when you first hear about that and the mission that Will's on, it's like, I've got to go and take on this big the demon, devil. this big yeah, devil, yeah. will you come and help me? And you mm. think, oh my God, it's going to be this huge creature. And then you meet Karlak and you're like, whoa, actually, nothing like the myth. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. It's kind of like, actually, it's this real you know, kick-ass character who's just cool as hell, mm -hmm. swears yeah. her head off, and is just a really good <laughs> fighter. I love that about her. And finally, Lizelle as well. When I first met Lizelle, couldn't stand her. I was like, I'm not a fan <laughs> of you. Constant aggro, like just, like everything's a downer, like a bit of a Debbie Downer, just pulling everything down what I'm saying. But then when I started to talk to her on a one-on-one -on -one basis and kind of realize like what her goal was and mm. how much her people meant to her mm -hmm. and everything like that, that, I completely changed my mind on her. And now she's one of my... I have to take her and Carla with me because right. they are my strongest characters. So they both, they both like dual wield. Uh, Stevie and I were talking about this earlier in Divinity Original Sin 2, like the, the Prince character, he can jump up on the, like in the air and slam his weapon down. Yeah, it's, like, it's exactly the same animation that I have with Lizelle as well. Oh. And every time she does that, it's it's just gold. Right. But like her, she can jump the furthest. She can like shove people because like, she has the highest strength. And like Carlax the same, has like a big cleave move where she can like hit three people at once. Mm -hmm. And I obviously, I just hang back as a warlock and just use like Eldritch Blast and just push people <laughs> as well. And like, and then Shadowheart is just buffing my team. So I feel really strong mm -hmm. when together that's our, that's our team. So yeah, that's me. It's a uh, Shadowheart, 
Harlock, Lysel, and then me as a warlock. Show. I wanted to shout out to Gale because I really like his spells. Yeah. And I like that he's like a weird, like, wizard vampire. Like, he's not mm-hmm. actually a vampire, but he needs to be fed relics. Too needy, man. For now. For now, I'm past the bit where, like, um, things change with that. Yeah, okay. But I love the setup of a wizard who is powered by the idea of sapping the life force out yeah. of already um, specialized items. I was like, that's a really cool twist that I've never seen before. Um, and it's got, like, a vampiric kind of element to it, even though you can have an actual vampire Astarion on your team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I liked going in just sort of like melee build, like playing as a warlock, having Karlak, Will, and Lizelle, yeah. and then all of us just went in as like a team of warriors. Yes. Um, but then this game insists on things missing. It's very like XCOM. Attacks can <laughs> miss even if they're 90% chance mm. that it's meant to hit. Um, in my head, I pretty much view everything as a 50-50 because it's either going to hit or it's not. And it's just like, it just does, it never feels like you're guaranteed to hit, but the enemies will, will do a whole bunch of hits in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had like a melee build uh, party for quite a while, and then I realized that I just needed a healer because I was running out of health potions and they don't give you that much health back anyway. Mm. So I started swapping out Will for Shadowheart um, and going from there. So it's, I've kind of tried to rotate through everybody because I was like, I want to see what everyone's deal is. Yeah. But then I just haven't used a Starion yet because the dude tried to bite me in the middle of the night. <laughs> so I was like, no. Like he, like he was like leaning in with the fangs out um, and the, which is a scene you can get by just randomly resting at camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you sort of, you spring up and you can give him, you can actually choose to let him bite you and yeah, all that kind of stuff. I but know. I was like, nah, I'm not, no. You sh- if you asked me before, maybe we mm-hmm. could have had a conversation, but you just went for it. Mm-hmm. So I just said no. So I, I've completely just sworn off a Starion, mm-hmm. and um, which is one of the ways that my story went because he's just not part of it at all, mm-hmm. um, which is another sort of wrinkle into how things can go. So yeah. I'm the same. I, I swore off at the same time. But are you going around wondering what's the deal with all the cats? I don't think I have a whole bunch of cats. Yeah, so I, th- there's a lot of cats everywhere, and hmm. I, cast, I cast some spells, and I'm like... Like, you talk to them. Yeah. yeah, I try to. And then there's something weird going on. And then I just saw some fan art about Asterion and one of the cats that you meet at oh. an inn. And I'm like, there's something's going on with these cats. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And then I saw, and then one of the cats went down a hole and I can't get into the hole. Uh, and like, I know oh, I'm, yes. I'm, and I know uh, I'm going to finish this playthrough. Oh, I, saw that, yeah. I know I'm going to finish this playthrough and I'm not going to know what the deal is with the cat. No. So mm. whatever I do the next time, I, obviously I'm going to play it again. Naturally, like I'm yeah. going to be like, okay, whatever these cats are and whoever I need to be friends with to get, to find out what's mm. going on with these cat missions. Mm. Cause I bet there's a whole thing that I'm, I'm completely missing by not being a cat person. Cause I, I, I love being able to talk to animals. I wish that was Same. in every game. Yeah. So it's, it's fun. And some of the accents they've got, some of the voices they've yes. got are phenomenal. Um, nice deep bassy voices for like the bears and the cows and the oxes mm. and stuff. Um, but yeah, in that vein, there's like you meet three oxes at the very beginning. Yes. And one of them is called like Weird Ox. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, ox. and they all make like appropriate animal noises. And then one of them just says moo. Yeah. And it's really weird. <laughs> I never had a resolution to that, but it's just like, I know that there is a resolution yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, but yep. we should talk um, some specific stuff about um, just the way that it kind of rolls out, the way that the story goes, because the actual, like, we'll only do like setup stuff and a couple of little things to touch on. Because mm-hmm. um, we haven't even talked about the main thrust of the narrative, which no. is the idea that the mind flayers are back. I'm going to do this in the broadest terms possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, mind flayers, which are these sort of octopus squid-faced folk. Um, they're <laughs> in a lot of the teasers. Um, they are sort of kidnapping people, doing something with them, implanting them with what is some sort of brain parasite. You're one of them. Um, and it's kind of just goes from there. It's kind of just like the ship gets brought down that you're on. Um, and you kind of just go from there and you get lost in all the various, um, you know, sociopolitical elements that are happening and the different factional warfare things that are happening. Um, to me, it drops the what's going on with this maggot in my head bit um, quite severely across Act 2, which is kind of mm. why I, where I am right now, that I'm just started Act 3, I'm not like dying to keep finishing it. Like I'm kind of like, I love all the extraneous stuff more than I like mm-hmm. the the main thrust um, because all the all the other things that you do end up, you know, going back around to the mind flare stuff and studying the parasites, um, et cetera. But, or they call them tadpoles, tadpoles studying the tadpoles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what like what do either of you think of like the main thread, or is that just not what you're there for? Um, I think for me, it's it's the macro versus the micro with this mm. game, 100. percent So like you know, I love the fact that I mean that opening cinematic is epic, right? When yeah, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. In, like the battle with the dragons and everything like that, mm. it, it's like amazing. And like obviously jumping off the ship and everything, like almost dying, and then you get <laughs> saved by this mysterious mind flare, like and then it goes on like that. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that you're kind of just thrown into this world, and like the whole time you're like asking WTF is going on, mm-hmm. and like. But then I kind of, I get what you say to a degree, Scott, where like it does get to a point when you're like, okay, now this is getting very political. Like, you know, why why am I having to be invested in this? I'm still just trying to get a tadpole out of my goddamn head, you know? So like- and <laughs> Like I, I'll fight for your cause, but can yeah, we deal with the but thing? But can we get this out yeah. first and then we'll talk? But yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of that, but that's what I love about it. Like for me, the way I play this game is that it's a slow crawl for me. I love to crawl through. I clear all of like the, the darkened areas of each max. I like to go around and just see what's going on, but kind of similar to you, it's like, and this is where, this is how I play Bethesda games where mm-hmm. Like mm. it signposts the main story, go here to find this person, talk to this person, but I go, okay, that's lovely, but what's over here? And I love to like look around and explore the whole map and kind of get like, what's these little stories that's going on? And about mm-hmm. Asterion, there was like a moment, I made him so he could play musical instruments. And there's a moment when certain characters that's are like- That's a great combo. Right, because yeah. it makes sense, he's yeah. so dramatic. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and there's a section where there's these characters are in prison later on and you talk to them and say, can you distract the guards or can you get us out of here? And I'm like, yeah. no problem. So I literally gave Asterion a flute, stood him over on the other side of the map. He started to play it. The guards walked over to him and were like, oh my God, this is beautiful. And we're giving him suggestions of other songs to play. <laughs> While that was happening, I went, I like literally unlocked the like door, got, got these people out, got them in a boat and away they went. Right. Now that could have played out very differently. And it's those little moments 
moments in the game that are beautiful. Mm -hmm. But as well, what I love about this is the, the way the story, like everything, the way that it plays out and how you access that story gives you a different gameplay every time. The three of us have had very different experiences because we've accessed that story in different ways yeah. and, and at different levels. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about it. So like when Scott sent me that picture of like his map from like, you know, <laughs> act two, I literally, I wake up screaming every night <laughs> thinking about that because <laughs> there's so much where I'm like, you've missed this. Uh, but it doesn't mean that anybody's playthrough is more or less valid. It just means that we've had different playthroughs and that's the beauty of this game. That only happened in act two as well. It was only because after the whole sprawling act one is like a big open space, like yes. you're, you're above ground, you're yeah. exploring everything. And then act two, you go to the underdark and there's a whole section that you do in an underground area, which I think is specifically the underdark. Mm -hmm. It's like yes. next to some churches and stuff and there's a yes. tower in the bottom left uh, with some turrets and some puzzles and whatever else. And I did all of that. I combed like the vast majority of that thing. And then I did. <laughs> and then when you go into the next area, um, that's the next bit where I, I met the dude. I met the actual Spider-Man. Yes. He was half man, half spider. <laughs> oh and then he was all like, oh, I've got a lantern, come with me. And I was like, okay, cool. But I'm assuming it's another one of those areas. I thought oh. it was like another dungeon area. So I just kind of went, because also you're in like a poison area. If you go the wrong mm. way, you get damage. So I just sort of followed Spider-Man and did all that stuff and then got lost in a whole taking over the kingdom. There's a dude called King Thorm or whatever he's called and um, did all that stuff. So it was like one of those things where that was so far off the main thread. Yeah. And like, and as I went into act two, I had all these things that were prepping me for the next step of each individual character's story and what's happening with the uh, tadpole in my head. So I got quite, not necessarily lost, but I just got very like lost in that particular side story. What well, felt like a side story. And um, because of the order I did stuff in, I went straight to Moonrise Tower. I didn't do the place that you guys keep mentioning, the inn. Well, yeah, I, I, I want to talk last about Last Light Inn and Halzen in particular, but before I obviously, I don't want to ramble on about that too much because I want to hear like what Stevie <laughs> yeah, thinks. Yeah, I was going to say, you t tell yeah. us your approach to the, what your thoughts on the storytelling stuff are. Yeah, I mean, I I, I combed that area yeah. really. <laughs> yeah, snaps really for that. Really hard. And you, there's ways around that. Like I, I think I found the beginning turn-based stuff with the Shadow Curse really hard. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's got to be a way around this. And the game actually does build in ways to, to make that a lot easier. Mm. You've just got to find them, which yeah. is... Is the yeah. the frustrating bit but last night is absolutely brilliant there's so much gameplay in there that you unlock and getting to know characters and it gives you that respite from going around in a dark area i get quite i get like um dark area fatigue yes. in games. yeah massively yeah, yeah. um i love Especially i that. love big cities i like it when everything looks beautiful i, li I like a nice elven grove oh. um so elven grove yeah a little, el a little elven grove is always nice for me the yeah oh yeah, yeah. it all sounds great mate um but i yeah i, I did all of that stuff and that i've got to say that I think that it's it, it's fun one of the fundamental things about act two is being able to go and do that and I it is a shame that it hasn't been signposted as well mm. um but I think it's also to do with everyone's individual journeys and spider guy I I I iced him like I was I, like Same. I was part of a, a, just a, to give you a light. a no but oh, no, no no he's not no, no he's he was for not. me oh Scott like what? he's not he's not yeah like I was hiding behind a thing like we did a whole ambush yes. like a, a completely different oh, I killed those guys no oh wow yeah oh, my skin is peeling off my face. Me and Spider-Man <laughs> and all of the little goblin friends who've all got little lights. And then one of them was like, take this light. I was like, cheers, mate. I don't know where I am. I'm in the dark. Mm -hmm. And then we all went through the dark. And we got jumped by a bunch of raiders. And then they needed a hand because they're getting killed. So I killed the raiders. And then all of my party was like, oh, Shadowheart disliked that. I was like, I don't know who anyone is, to be honest. You wicked, I'm just siding with Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Twip, twip, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Let, let's discuss this. So, <laughs> all right. So the first, like... This feels like an intervention, doesn't I it? I know. Look, we've got a banner up in everything. Well, how did you guys, how, how or why did you guys end up fighting that initial party of Spider-Man and the Goblins? So that actually doesn't happen until a little bit into this. So like my place, I'm guessing like Stevie's might echo a little bit of this. Mm. But when, when I first entered that area, I was told about it, I was warned about it because... 
Halson told me that if you go through that area, it will be really difficult because you'll have a lot to fight. It'll be, and you'll see like there's a basically a shadow over the land. There's mm-hmm. like a curse. So when I first went in, I met a group of like people that had torches. Yeah, and, like, the, the yeah, rangers. Yeah, yeah, the rangers, and they were fighting, and then they saw me, and they're like please come with us to Last Light Inn. Uh. So then I followed them to Last Light Inn and then that was my introduction to this huge inn with, as Stevie said, so many characters that are in there. So much going on. But one of the main things is, so Thron's uh, daughter, Isabel, is in Last Light Inn. Right. And she's, the reason why you don't need like a torch and everything is because she's got this protective barrier over Mm. that stops the darkness from coming into the inn. Mm. So she's holding that off. Now, one of the great things was when I went up to talk to her, talking about blah, 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 blah. And we were just mid-conversation. She was saying, oh, yes, like, my father's doing this. It's really evil, like, talking a little bit. But in that conversation, suddenly, some people crashed into the inn and a fight yeah. broke out. Right. And they were like, we're here to take you back to your father. And well, I was like, what? What, what is going on? <laughs> now then, there's two things that can happen here. And this is the beauty of this, where it, she starts to fight and you fight alongside her, fighting these people. Now, if they win and they take her away because they can, Mm -hmm. the darkness engulfs the whole inn, and then everybody gets turned, and you have to fight everybody in that inn. Right. But if you manage to save her... Which I did. Which I did as well, and that was when I was kind of telling (laughs) you guys before, I, like, put some boxes up against the doors and stopped people from coming in so they couldn't take her. Oh, okay. And the other people in the inn start to fight them as well, so it's this huge fight that breaks out. But you know how you can also do that, is it, like, those monsters are... They they really don't like ice. No, (laughs) slipping over. (laughs) Yet yet again, the Stevie Wood strategy prevails. <laughs> the frozen queen is landing. But, um, let it in, let yeah, it literally. in. Yeah, literally. And then great. because I did that, it was such this big epic fight. Everyone thanked me for it. And then <laughs> Isabel was like, oh my God, thank you so much. And then she gives you a different interpretation about the night song compared to what right. the song tells you about it. So there's that, but also one of the best things for me, and this, to highlight all of this is again to say that nobody's playthrough is valid. It just highlights these. The invalid. M- yeah. <laughs> yeah, invalid, sorry. Yeah. It, just, it just highlights the macro versus the micro. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, the housing mission with that. So like you meet a character in Last Light Inn who's like laying on the bed and he's like really affected and he keeps like talking in his sleep and he can't wake up from his sleep Mm -hmm. uh, called Art. And then you hear what he's saying and you tell Housen this and he's like, oh, okay, he's affected by the shadow curse. Mm -hmm. I know somebody, I need to get this person back and if you can help me save them, it will lift the shadow curse and it will make things basically easier. Right. And he mentions this person called Thaniel. Oh God, yeah, Thaniel. Yes, and you meet Thaniel like later on, like I'm skipping out a lot here for the sake of spoilers, mm-hmm. but you meet kind of Daniel later on, he kind of talks to you and that you see how like, you know, cursed he is. Then you tell Howls and all of this and you're like, right, okay. He's like, meet me at the, um, at the beach outside of Last Light Inn. So then you go there and he's like, right, I'm going to open a portal because I know where he is now from what you've done and what you've told me. But what you need to do is do not enter this portal because if you, if you come after me, it will ruin everything and we will never leave together. But you must defend this portal while I'm in there because if you lose this, I'll be trapped forever and I'll never come back okay. and we'll lose Daniel. So then it sets up where literally this portal opens, <laughs> Housen jumps in and for three rounds of a fight all the way around, you've got to defend that portal. But because the portal yeah. opens, it brings creatures towards it. Right. So then you, and they're trying to attack the portal. So you're there with your gang defending this portal as these creatures come in towards you. And it's tense because- Yeah, this, it's really tense. It's like a little army, <laughs> I right? I didn't do any of this. And, yeah, yeah. and you're, you're defending that portal for three rounds. And then literally I was like, oh my God, I will admit I served scummed because the first time I did it, <laughs> the portal went and I was like, I'm not losing this. Yeah. So I went back, but again, this is the thing about combat. I changed my tactics, mixed it around, placed people in different areas, used mm. bigger effect spells, like wall of fire I used to like keep people away and then it was literally the skin of my teeth that level of detail of a mission that like had such high stakes and was such a moment of i need to do this i need to save this character for what it means Mm -hmm. and like obviously scott hasn't done that 
But you've obviously, you, you will have your own little experiences where high-stake things like that happen. And again, that's not even integral to the game. Mm-hmm. That's just a little moment where it means so much to that character and how it expands the narrative of that particular area. Mm-hmm. And it's a bonus, but it was so, so good. Because it's funny, that whole thing, like I didn't get any of that. Like when yeah. I went to the Act 2, I met the Goblins and Spider-Man, did all this thing, went to Moonrise, yeah. didn't meet um, the Night Song's partner until I freed the Night Song. Yeah. And then she just walked into the scene. I was like, I don't know who yeah, this like, is. Hello. Oh, wow. Um, and it was just like, and then the game kind of just tries, the game tries to course correct. Like, mm-hmm. and most of the time it makes it work. Interesting. Um, Halton as well, like uh, coming out of act one, he'd freed himself from the goblin camp because mm-hmm. I think I'd done missions in a different order. So when I got to the goblin camp, he can free himself. You can find the people who were torturing him. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all, most of them are dead. I think one of them is still like wounded in the corner and he's got like, him. oh, the, the guy just left. He went into a bear form and he left or whatever. So interesting. And so then um, you go back to the grove, um, the, the cheeky little elven grove. And <laughs> that's where he Ooh, I is. I love a little cheeky. And that's where um, Halson actually is. So then you can talk to him a little bit and he's like, cool, I'll come with you. Like, we'll do this stuff going going forward. And then he's at the camp. And so like, but then when you talk to him, he just says like, oh, I need to get a night's sleep and we'll figure it out. I need like, whatever. (laughs) It's just nothing. And so like, I went into act two, did all my stuff with Spidey and then did all the night song stuff. Halson wasn't part of that whatsoever. And occasionally I would check back in with him at the camp and he would just say vague things about like, oh, I want to help and we need to crack on. Like, uh, you know, I need to understand that I care about the forest and all that kind of stuff. Mm. <laughs> and I just didn't do anything. And then at the end of Act Two, and it's not a, um, a wider spoiler, but it was just the one of the as I was leaving Act Two, you walk out of the the underdark bit. Um, <laughs> I forget who said it, it might have been Shadowheart. Um, just said like, oh, we've all lost things um, coming out of that big main mission. And then um, at the moment, then my character said like, oh, but no one's lost as much as Halson. And mm-hmm. then it just showed like some like forest like wither ring or something. And I was meant, to, what was that? Like that was just <laughs> the game. And like, well, I guess he because then some of the someone else was like, or maybe Lazelle was like, oh, we could have stopped the shadow curse. And I was like, could yeah. we? Because yeah. no one yes. talked about it. So I'm just like, well, like that bit at the beginning where you, if you find the rangers, you go to that tavern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you miss that, you miss everything. Mm-hmm. Like, um, for my side. But um, Stevie, thoughts on Act 2? Thoughts on Act 2? Um, okay, so I know I wasn't very nice to Shads earlier. Big Shads. <laughs> Shad dog. Sorry, Shads. But Shads does have a, a light swirly well. Yes. Um, and if you cast the light, I don't know the names of things. I don't know. I don't have time. It's <laughs> like a healing spell, not like an actual light. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. it, it makes like a light hula hoop around her. And if you do that, then when shadows come up to you, they die. So that's yeah. actually a really good way to cheese act two if you right. want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just one if you haven't gotten there yet or if you're struggling with it, just like you can do that. Uh-huh. Um, otherwise, I, I think that we've had a similar like version. Sorry, let's go yeah. again with that because... I don't know, I was just going to say, like, most of your path through that was similar. Like, you yes. got to Act 2, you met the Rangers, you went to the, what's it called, Lost Light? Uh, Last Light Inn. Last Light Inn. Yeah. Mostly went there and got the essential narrative framing of this is who Thorm is. I got the proper narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas I just did not. And then the game was like, how do we bring these people back around? And it was like, I mean, I still had a, a fun enough time in Act 2. Um, and like, you know, they sort of bring some of the Mind Flare stuff back in. You do yeah. get bits and pieces um, for Tadpole stuff. But there's a, a sequence towards the end of Act 2, again, not specifics, but it's it has to rely on former characters that you've talked to for mm-hmm. the area that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of them were just people that I either didn't know Mm. or um, had maybe talked to you like once uh, whilst I was like going through Moonrise Tower. So it's uh, the, all of this is to say that the game is massively malleable. Yeah. I think my instance, I'm curious how many other people went through Act 2 and didn't meet the Rangers, didn't go to the inn uh, or the tavern. 
um, and did, uh, you know, get in with the goblins and Spider-Man and do all that stuff. That's what I'm fascinated by. But I think overall, it's still just worth saying that the fact that it can be this malleable and this uh, branching is unbelievable. Game of the year. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's because it's such a risk. I remember when um, The Witcher 2, there's a bit at the beginning of The Witcher 2 where you make a decision. I forget what the specific thing is. I think you side with the Scoyatel faction. Mm. You side with someone else. And that locks off the rest of the game. It's yeah. like they ostensibly made two video games and mm. you get one of them based on which choice you made. And it's like this insane... Uh, spend on assets and everything else to then, you know, the player can choose to just negate half of the game. Mm. Yeah. And there's so much stuff in Baldur's Gate 3 that I'm never going to see. Um, but Unless you do another playthrough. I do exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it kind of feels like Skyrim in that regard, where it's like, you know, you're never, I don't want to see all of it. I quite like, in a, in a way, I like that in, in Skyrim, I don't want to see every single you know, pixel, like a mm. voxel. I, I like yeah. the idea of it being a world that I can go spend time in and for the rest of my life and I can go do a playthrough and, and come back out and Baldur's feels like it's that dense. Can I ask a question? When you, yes. um, with the spider guy, did he give you a lantern or did you yes. get, uh, what have you done with that? I used it to get through all of that too. And then I still have it. Did you, <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying to like ask, okay, there is something within the lantern. Did you? F- oh no, it's just a light source. Okay, oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. Uh, in the lantern? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So, okay. No, that so, was my torch. I, I would like get hurt by the shadow curse. I'd whip out the torch thing mm-hmm. and then we'd all walk through Act 2 together. We'd walk through that map together. I just didn't know if like the game course corrected something because mm. from Last Light you get like, basically it's like this orb. And I will say as well, I've still never been to Last Light. Yeah, I still yeah, have yeah. no idea yeah. where it is. <laughs> That's fair. It's up in the north. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, up in the north. I just left. Um, but yeah, so like you got like this orb thing and then there's like a basically like a fairy inside that you can speak to and depending on what yeah. you do there has a, has a little effect <laughs> on cool. something that I did like um, outside of, well, kind of within Baldur's Gate. It's a right. very small little mission. It doesn't, it's like, again, it's a little side thing. Mm-hmm. But um, like, again, like this is what I love about it. It's the macro versus the micro. So like when I first went into Baldur's Gate, there was like um, somebody there like... Um, who were selling newspapers and they were like, oh, it's you. Like, we've got a terrible story. Like, we've got a horrendous storyline exposing you coming out in the newspaper tomorrow. And I was like, wow, well, I don't want that. Um, like a, a horrendous <laughs> journalist. And I tried to go into the printing press and say like, look, you know, like this isn't true. And they kicked me out. They were like, no, no, this is going to print tomorrow. Mm. So I was like, there must be a way around this. And I literally like talked to somebody else and they're like, oh yeah, like you can get in. Uh, if you go in through the roof and like break in through the elevator and go down, you might be able to like change that. So literally... I freed that fairy earlier on because I thought well, it's the right thing to do. Like they've, they've served right. their purpose the way they go. Uh-huh. So anyway, I broke in, went down, went right underneath. There was these big, like, um, you might've seen them, like these big, like robotic kind of like metal giants that walk around. Right. So I had to like, <laughs> I had to like crouch down and like avoid them, went through and I went to the print and press room and then I found these really positive headlines. Like I was like, well, I can manipulate like that and make me sound like a hero. So I took <laughs> out like the, <laughs> literally, so I took out the negative ones. And then as I was doing that, the machine talked to me. Okay. It was like, oh, hey, I don't recognize you, blah, 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 blah. Like, what your name and I was talking this machine is friends with the fairy right and was like oh my friend told me that you freed her so I will do whatever you want basically but I was like if you didn't I wonder yeah. if it like would clap back at you yeah. so then I was like oh will you give me this positive it was like no worries I'll make you to be like the biggest hero ever so then I replaced it and then slept obviously at the camp and the next day I went back to that journalist as if to say I'm going to shove this in your face and she was like what how did this happen we didn't write this right. and it's just a little moment again mm. that is so rewarding and how they connect things together so that little mm. fairy just releasing it I thought oh 
stop. Just do the right thing, let it go. It served its purpose. And now it knows a printing press machine and it's, <laughs> it's worked out. But again, this like the little tiefling children, how they come back again and again through the game. And Always. Sit, yeah. I'm, you, I'm so, I absolutely love that as a dynamic. And yes. I think like what Scott was saying about like, I've got this worm in my head, but I, I'm struggling to find agency outside of that for what I need to go do. Mm-hmm. I was having the same problem with Act 1 until I met the tiefling kids. Yeah. Right. And I'll do anything to save a, to save a kid. The kid looks like my nephew. He's got the, <laughs> he's got the big eyes. He's still a little bit like that. Like, yeah. I mean, like, for me, that's it. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, all right, all right. I don't care what, what the mission is. I'm going to help you guys out. And it's the same for Act 2. And it was the same for the, the scary stuff that happens in yeah. Act 2. Yeah. Like that stuff. Um, yeah, I think that that's really helped gear mm. me and like ground me when it comes to, okay, I get that. I can't sort the tadpole stuff out. Don't really trust this guardian guy. What mm. can I do? Where if I was walking through this world, I'd probably get more invested. I'm in just it. up the hill talking to the it. weird ox, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's hey, that weird ox pays off when you get a Baldur's game. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. There's a, mm. That's the thing. Where I am now at the uh, the very beginning of Act Three, there's like a circus in town. I'm going through all that stuff, <gasps> and I'm waiting for like to actually go to Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Um, but that is like where I am. Closing thoughts from either of you, just on the general idea of the because both of you have finished it, I think. I'm right near the end. I haven't finished. Okay, you're close to the end, Stephen? Close to the end. Okay, okay. So that's a testament to how much there is to this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, both of you are way further into Act 3 than I am. Um, but yeah, closing thoughts on like that, that idea that it is maybe going to sweep everything. Like, does, Is there anything else from this year that like... It's going to sweep. It'll yeah. sweep. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll sweep. I think it's either this or Zelda. But I, I still think this takes it. I'm just trying to assume yeah. what the awards will be. It'll, it'll, it should take it. I think that it depends on the juries that you've got. But mm. bear, and, and as I said, like right at the beginning of the cast, like it depends also on in which categories it's being placed mm. in and if it's being placed properly. Mm-hmm. But I think it should sweep quite a lot of stuff. Yes, it's in the um, shout out to the Golden Joysticks. I did an advert for them last week. It's nominated for the Ultimate Game of the Year. So it is in the big category. Um, as well, but Adam Strong thoughts on whether it'll take it. it. It rightfully should take it. This game is doing things that games haven't done like in decades. Mm. You know, and it's like it's really this for me is highlighting everything that is to gush about the game, but it's highlighting everything great about video games and the video game industry. This is like mm. a return to form for me. Mm-hmm. This game means more about the industry than what it does about just being a video game and about a uh, gameplay. It really is a staple of like when you do things right and when you like lean on, you know, how can I make a great game? game is that they're going to enjoy without kind of studio intervention Mm -hmm. this is how you do it so i think it means more for like the industry as well as a video game but also just as a video game man it does so many (laughs) things so damn well i've had so much fun i've gotten my like stevie and i were talking about this like we've like lost ourselves in this game because it welcomes you in and that's like this incredible world that you play in you find so many different things and as i've kind of alluded to and i've said a billion times we all have different experiences but neither one of them is more valid than the other it's just a game that i allows you that is something that we don't get very often this comes along one in a lifetime and for that reason along with what it does for the industry it fully deserves game of the year Mm -hmm. no i massively back that like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast like knights of the old republic old bioware that whole era of rpg like divinity original sin made waves because of the same thing same devs um but just that level of detail that level of player agency we didn't even talk about the fact that um you know we all made custom characters you mentioned it before Mm -hmm. but the fact that you can just pick a main character to start Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. and the game will then reframe everything around like all those conversations and the knowledge that you have going in um yeah just the the level of detail that's here I think it just prioritizes the the player, the gameplay, being a video game, being interactive. Yeah, um, that's the biggest feat of the whole thing. But yeah, I'm fascinated to see how it goes. Um, and then looking at like trophy data, I forget if I mentioned it on this show. We talked about it before we came in. 
um, that on PS5, only uh, 40% of people are out of Act 1 and only 25% of people are out of Act 2. So it might be kind of like a Red Dead 2 situation. Like, it's always notorious that people don't finish games. Yeah. Um, but even Elden Ring had like a 70, 80% completion rate. So I'm like, well, maybe people will oh, get through. You know what would be nice is ah. if, if, well, what would be nice is if like all the PlayStation people get to do it at Christmas. No, if they're that, that far through and everyone knows like this next bit, like everyone gets really busy with real life. Mm. Ugh. Yeah. And, but then mm. but then they've got that wedge over Christmas and they get really into Baldur's Gate and then it oh. kind of gets synonymous with like having Baldur's Gate around Christmas. And then that, that's, I don't know, I, that, that actually feels like a really lush gameplay. That's, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I, I really like a cozy Christmas with, with mm. a Baldur's Gate. There's not that much. Because um, I feel like people are kind of keeping up with the likes of Spidey 2 and yeah. um, Alan Wake or whatever it is. Oof. But like, yeah, something that people could have hung back and get stuck into over Christmas. Um, for now, though, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Adam Strawn. Goodbye, everyone. And joined by Stevie Ward. Bye. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.